that's kind of the heart behind the book is that as we study these stories, hopefully it also helps us shine a light on our own lives to know that you don't have to have a massive Instagram following or be on a stage or whatever. Jesus sees you like Mm -hmm. in your life, right where you are. And he doesn't just like kind of glance over you like most people do. Like he shines a spotlight on you and he cares about all of those things that are precious to our heart. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, business leader, community activist, author, speaker, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only with their personal life, but with their career. My goal with this show is to show you, the listener, that no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you can make an impact. My guest this week is Paige Allen. Oh man, I love Paige. She is a pastor, a speaker, a writer. She's passionate about opening doors for others to have aha moments in scripture. She's known for her sometimes hilarious yet vulnerable storytelling that disarms in order for truth to settle in hearts. She grew up a pastor's kid, and although she would try and stay away from vocational ministry, she has now served on the staff at Church on the Rock, wearing multiple hats for over 17 years. She serves as executive pastor, where she often preaches, she cares for the staff, and she gives oversight to global missions and the new legacy home for women. She also leads a thriving women's ministry, co-hosts the Bloom Talks podcast, and she is currently writing her first book about the nameless women of the Gospels. She's married to Josh. They have two incredible daughters, Selah and Haven. And let me just tell you, Paige and I had the most fun conversation. We got pretty deep here. We got, we laughed. We just ran the gamut. We talked about all of the things and you are really, really going to love this conversation and you're just going to absolutely fall in love with Paige. She is so incredibly wise and has so much just insight to share with us. Just don't click away. You're going to love this episode. But before I get to my conversation with Paige, I want to thank our first partner of the show, and that is Tradlands. Tradlands is an incredible, sustainable fashion brand that believes in clothing that you can live in now and love forever. Clothing that not only makes you feel like your best self, but also fits in a way that flatters. Their gorgeous dresses, pants, tops, and more are designed to move with you throughout your busy days. Their Nico dress is my dress in a love language. Not only does it have sleeves, but it also has pockets. And you know how I feel about dresses with pockets. And let me just say, my husband is a big fan of it. I put it on the other day and he was like, like that dress. So (laughs) I just love how comfortable and stylish each piece is. They come in colors like, you know, classic neutrals, but vibrant hues as well. But one of the things I love most about Tradlands is their focus on sustainability and creating small batch clothing that lasts. They never, ever overproduce what they make and they focus only on the highest quality materials. And you also know how much I love supporting small businesses and they are an incredible small business. So be sure to check them out at Tradlands com forward slash business with purpose and use the code molly20 for 20% off that's tradlands.com t-r-a-d-l-a-n-d-s.com forward slash business with purpose and use the code molly20 for 20% off now on to my conversation with Paige allen 
Paige, I'm so excited. Welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. Thanks so much for having me. I am just, I always love having people on the show who we either have like a mutual friend, a situation in common. Like this is our first time meeting. This is, we are brand new to each other. However, it's like by, by association, I feel like we're friends. So I, f- I feel the same. Yes, I feel the same. We have the same uh, speaking and literary agent in uh, Joy Egertreed, who has been on the show and was one of my uh, most popular episodes last year, which I don't think I've told Joy that. I need to tell her really? that. Really? Yes. Well, people that's love not her. surprising. She's, she's an amazing person. She's so amazing. That doesn't surprise me. She's yeah. funny. We talked a lot about our love of improv comedy. So I think that, and it was also, I think she was the first episode of 2022. And so mm-hmm. I think it just, people were like, I need to start the year off with some giggles. And that's what happens. So anyway, I'm so excited uh, to have you. And so we're going to jump right in because I want to get to know you more. And that is so in order to do that, give us the page 101. So who you are, what you do, where you live, how you got to where you are today. Okay, the page 101. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, my name is Paige Allen. And I live in Lubbock, Texas. No idea if you even know where that is. Oh, yeah, that's like a middle, the upper right, upper left. Yes. Like if, yes, the panhandle. <laughs> the panhandle. Is that, is that what that's called? That part of Texas yes, call, is the panhandle? We call it the panhandle. Okay. Right. I thought, because yeah. I thought the pan, I guess the panhandle of Florida mm-hmm. is like what I always think of. Yeah. I we have one here too. Texas that's what we has call a panhandle. Things, panhandle. I was today years old when I learned that. Okay. So you <laughs> live in the Texas panhandle. I live in the Texas panhandle. <laughs> it is, it's basically like a desert a little bit. I, I say we don't have trees or mountains, but we have great people. Mm, nice. And uh, yes. So I am married to a great guy named Josh and I have two little girls. Um, that are 12 and 10. Mm. I feel like I'm in the sweet spot right now of parenting where they can pretty much fend for themselves, you yeah, know, but yeah. um, we don't have a lot of attitude yet, which is great. Ooh. And yeah. So, and I am, I'm a pastor. I am an executive pastor at a non-denominational church here in Lubbock. I have been on staff at this church for 17 years. Wow. Which is crazy in the church world. Um, I will say this though. My dad started the church, so oh. it is kind of uh, uh, ingrained in me. Yeah. And, um, and I started, I have done every job under the sun at the church and, uh, and I, and I love it. So I currently give oversight to several ministries. I give oversight to women's ministry, global missions. We actually have a home uh, for women, um, that are transitioning either out of incarceration or off the streets. And so give oversight to that. And then I get to kind of lead our staff and train our staff in different things. So yeah, that's 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 me. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, number 1, I also have to say another thing that we have in common. So, your daughter, you, one of your daughters' name is I know is Sayla. Yes, and uh-huh. our farm is called Sayla Farm. So, well, I saw that just today and yeah. I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. So yeah. And so, I'm part of the reason behind that. There's quite a few reasons, but we had hoped we had we'd always wanted to have a lot of children and we have we the lord blessed us with two um mm-hmm. here on earth we lost a couple during the second trimester of pregnancy and uh so the the biological doors <laughs> closed a little earlier than we were yeah. planning and the name Sayla was one that we'd always wanted to use and so then we moved to the farm 
and we were trying to come up with names for the farm. Uh, we we landed on Sela because one, we love the meaning of it, and we felt like that mm-hmm. was like what of we wanted our farm to be was a place of pause, a place of rest, a place of um, yeah. reflection, and uh, so that's how we landed on it. But it's so funny because we mm. have we've now met a couple of people who have daughters named Sela, and so it's just like this very heartwarming oh. thing. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know what? I, I there's something about naming, right? Like my daughter Sela, literally. That is her personality. Like she is very reflective and observant. Mm. And, and so I love it. I think there's something powerful when we put a name, you know, to a person or a place. Mm. Okay. I want to unpack that for a second. We're going to talk okay. because I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day. We And um, she and her husband actually pastor a church here in the area. Mm-hmm. And um, she had actually, I think, even posted something maybe on like Twitter about it, mm-hmm. of just about the, the power of naming things, whether good or bad, yeah. and how we can go all the way back to Genesis, you know, the beginning. And we see... God naming things and having Adam name things and the importance right. of that and mm-hmm. the the power of that. And then there's, you know, all, also just power in the name of Jesus. And we talk about that. And like, so it's just yes. a really interesting thing when you think about, um, and like you said with your daughter, uh, Selah, like how that really has fits her. And I can think so much about like different people I know where I'm like, oh yeah, that your name fits you exactly. Right. <laughs> and yeah. um, I'd love to just like unpack that a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like your experience, especially in ministry all these years and both looking at kind of like this idea of when we give our children a name, when we name mm-hmm. a farm, whatever it is, and then also like looking at the biblical practice of that. I don't know. There's just yeah. something powerful there. I think you're right. I think you're onto that. Absolutely. I think even when you look at the very first job that God gave Adam, it was to name, name. the animals. Yeah. Like there's something so powerful about naming, whether it's an actual name you're giving to a person or a place, or even the power of naming what you're feeling or what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's something to that. This is not from my ministry life, and this is a silly story, but no, I. I kind of got this so clearly. So you have a farm. Mm-hmm. I live in West Texas. My grandfather was a farmer. And when I was, I think in the sixth grade, he asked if I would show steers in the local 4-H shows um, I love just it. to get his, like, get his ranch out and about his name out there. And so this was crazy. But me and my sister together, we had four steers and we named them all very like strategically like I don't, I don't even know why, because we're, we're, you know, we were 12. So I had yeah. a sugar baby, a Skywalker, a tornado and a knockout. <laughs> I love and it. This is going to be ridiculous, but I love this sorry. so much. <laughs> Please. Continue. They each lived, they each lived up to their names. Okay. Like sugar baby became this massive, huge steer that was the most loving, gentle of them all. Skywalker, literally something happened to his feet and he like, it was like, he pranced. He like was like walking. I don't know. Oh my god! Tornado was a terror was just the most ridiculous, you know, um, steer you've ever met and knockout got injured and he got knocked out and we didn't even end up showing him. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Like, like, even like as like a sixth grader, I all of a sudden one day, like had this like epiphany, like I was like, dad, like they all actually became their names. And, and we kind of like, it was like, kind of like this eerie thing, but I really like later on in adulthood, one time I was praying into this whole concept of naming things. And that came back to my mind. And I felt like the Lord was like, there is power about whatever you speak over anything in your Mm. life. And, and names have that power. And Mm. I was, I was thinking too, even in scripture, you see where 
Jesus goes out of his way. We, we were actually talking about, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book on the nameless women of the gospels. Okay. So names all are right. Okay. Uh, yeah. See, I didn't even know that. Okay. We're going to get yes, to this in a minute because I'm, I'm what in the world. Okay. Continue. So I know. I was like, did, is this why she's asking me? This? No, no, I had no idea. Okay. So I'm very into names. So, and, but so here's the deal. Like Jesus goes out of his way to like give people who we never know their actual name. He gives them a name. So in, in, in a sense, like the woman with the issue of blood, when he, when he, he stops her because he knows someone's touched her, touched him, he calls her daughter. Like, mm. And that was very significant because you're looking at this story where a father, Jairus, is fighting for his daughter, her healing, while this woman has no man fighting for her. And Jesus stops the crowd to say, hey, I'm, I'm fighting for you and you are my daughter. Like, that was that was profound. Mm. In that day and age, he probably would have it would have been more common for him to say woman, but the fact that he chose daughter. So I think names are powerful because they speak identity over us. Um, and they remind us of who we really are. Mm. Or on the flip side, they can speak who we're not. Yes. You know, when it's more like a label. And um, yeah. Okay. Powerful. So see, (laughs) I told you before we were recording, I was like, you know what? I have like general ideas of what I would like to talk about, but I'm all about letting the spirit lead the conversation. Uh And here we are. All right. Doesn't ever steer us wrong. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, I love that. And um, okay. So I want to come and talk about your, your book for a minute. Um, But before we get to that, because I, I love that story of your steers and them living up to their names. And so, you know, we are, I I say we're novice farmers. We just moved Mm -hmm. to our farm uh, a year and a half ago, basically. So we're, we're, we're in the early stages. You know, we have goats, we have chickens, we have bees, we have ducks, we have Guinea hens. And um, we, you know, we made the mistake of we name a lot of our birds. And I realize that that is a stupid, stupid thing. But I have young children. And guess what they do? They name things. That's just, it is part of it. (laughs) And I I tell them all the time, I'm like, guys, and especially the last, like, as of when we are recording this, we are in a just, it's been a massacre here. We've just lost so many birds in the last couple of weeks to, we lost one to a neighbor's dog. We lost one to, or we've lost uh, m- many to hawks. Uh, we've had some just go just missing. Like they were there in the afternoon and wow. now they're not. So I'm like, I don't know what took it. Was it a snake? Was it a hawk? Was it a fox? I don't know. Granted, I've only ever seen the foxes at night and they're secure at night. So and this is like yeah. happening during the day and we've just had a bunch go missing. So like yesterday, my kids, like one of their favorite like little chickens just... It's oh, gone. That's we don't heartbreaking. I know. Oh. And I'm just like, guys, I'm really sorry. My kids are um six and eight. And so they're just like, but where where's ginger? And I'm like, I uh <laughs> ginger is with the with the in chicken heaven now. And so right. we don't know yeah. where ginger is. Yeah. And so maybe it's Sheol, maybe it's chicken heaven. We don't know. Um <laughs> yeah. but she was a very sweet chicken and we we love her very much. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. And so uh, but I I laugh because our first batch of chickens that we incubated and we hatched them ourselves, my kids named every single one. And uh, one of ours who is still alive, he's still in existence. He's a rooster. His name is Curious. And my kids named him Curious because he was Mm -hmm. the first like little chick who just he was that he was just curious. He would just Mm always and he was always little little tiny chick and he was just investigating all the other ones were kind of you know, living their two-day-old chick life. And Curious was like, I'm going to go yeah. see what's up. 
And so my kids very quickly named him Curious. And it was just really funny how he was always the one who, when we first put them in the coop, he was the first one in there. All right, got to check it out. When we first let them free range, he was the first one out. I got to check it out. I'm curious. And so it's just funny how then they've all like lived up to their name. And then we have one rooster whose name is Jerk. And he's Jerk Chicken (laughs) and he is a jerk. Uh And so it's just like my kids just know (laughs) that it's like they live up to their name. So I'm like, you need to start naming chickens like Sweetie. Like, yes, kind. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can, I have a friend who has young children and all of their chickens, they name them like a food product because they're trying to teach them. (laughs) That's an option too. My best friend lives a mile from us and they also have like chickens and stuff. And it cracks me up because all their chickens have like real people names. And it just really makes me laugh. Like their, their rooster's name is Gary. And then they have like, (laughs) they have Sarah and like Mackenzie. It's just very hilarious to me that I'm like, you and then she'll just be like, oh, look at Sarah out there. And I'm just like, what? Like, why? What? Oh. Also, the, the rooster named Gary is very funny to me. Okay. So, yes. But all that to say is naming is very powerful. And yes, uh, um, I'd love to talk about this idea of the, the what you're writing in your book, because I, I'm so excited to read it, by the way. And congratulations um, oh, on getting your book yes. deal. Oh, Thank you. Yay. Do a round of applause. <laughs> um, okay, so talk to us about this book, where the idea came from. And uh, I mean, I know it's it's going to be out in 2023, but we're going to already right. like just keep an eye out for Paige Allen, everyone. Oh, thanks um, so, so much. Yeah. So talk about the book and, and where this idea came from and, and, and what your heart is for it. Yeah. So I, I've had this idea actually in my mind for, for years. I, you know, just reading the Bible as a woman, there were many occasions where I just felt like, first of all, that we were underrepresented. and But then I started really realizing, wait, there are these stories of women, but we don't know their names, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then I really honed in on the gospels and was so just amazed at the way Jesus responded to women and the way he opened doors for them and um, the way he really saw them. I really saw it. Yes, there were the stories of Mary and Martha and Mary Magdalene, but I also really saw it in these stories of women that we never know their name, but he goes out of their way, goes out of his way to make them feel known. So whether it's, you know, we know them as, you know, uh, the woman at the well or um, the widow of two mites or, you know, the uh, woman with the issue of blood. And, and so I just started studying them. And then I I also started looking at the fact that God, he is very passionate about his name. Mm. And one way we get to know him is through the different facets as we study different aspects of his name. And and there he has multiple names, you know. And and so I just started really feeling like as I was studying these, that in each of these moments where Jesus, you know, meets these women that we don't know their names, he's actually demonstrating a name of God mm. as he interacts with them. And so, um, and then, you know, as a, as someone who's worked in a church for 17 years, I've walked alongside a lot of women, mm. um, you know, whether they have a lot or a little, I think there's this constant question women are asking of number one, does anyone actually know who I am? Does anyone actually care? who I am and the things that are close to my heart. I feel like women too just feel so often unheard or unseen. And I feel like these stories just are, they're, they're hopeful that 
even when these unknown women were in crowds, Jesus went out of his way because he does in fact see us. And Mm. so that's kind of the heart behind the book is that as we study these stories, hopefully it also helps us shine a light on our own lives to know that you don't have to have a massive Instagram following or be on a stage or whatever. Jesus sees you like Mm. in your life, right where you are. And he doesn't just like kind of glance over you like most people do. Like he shines a spotlight on you and he cares about all of those things that are precious to our hearts. So Mm. yeah. So that's the the heart behind it. I love that. And I love the example that you used of like the woman with the issue of blood where he calls her daughter. Mm -hmm. And actually, just a couple of months ago, I uh, gave a sermon at at my church, um, talking about my testimony. Um, but I actually use the backdrop of the woman who washes uh, Jesus's feet with her tears in Luke seven, because yes. something that's really interesting. And I'm sure you know this, like by that particular story, because in all the gospels, we see this story of a woman washing, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus's feet or an anointing him. Um, but, the other three women in, in Matthew, uh, Mark, and John are a different woman than the woman in Luke 7. Yes. And it's really interesting that, I mean, one, this woman is unnamed, um, mm-hmm. and we know her as a sinful woman, and he also calls her daughter. And yeah. it's just this such a powerful moment mm-hmm. when you see her just like, you know, risking it all to be there and to worship him in such an extravagant way. And how um, one of the commentaries I read about that particular story is she, a lot of people think that actually that particular jar was her dowry and how, you know, that would have been her potentially like only chance at a husband. (laughs) And so here she is and she's like giving her entire future, she's mm-hmm. laying it at mm-hmm. Jesus's feet, and he sees this moment of sacrifice, and he calls her daughter, which is just such an intimate, yes. uh, intimate thing. And I just, I'm like, that's a, to me almost more powerful than like if we know what her name is. Exactly. Yeah. And all of these women are like that. I think that's the thing I was drawn to them too. Is they're all risking something. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the woman with the issue of blood. I mean, she's not even supposed to be in society, so mm-hmm. to speak. She is. She is risking, I don't know what the censure would have been, but it would have been, it would have been harsh. And so as much as it's a lovey-dovey, Jesus sees you, it is a, so because he sees you, let's go for it. Like Mm. let's, let's risk our lives on the one who gave his for us. And um, it looks different for every, every woman. I love that. I love that you, that you shared that. Yeah. There's some beautiful beautiful stories, even though we don't know their names. I know. I know. Well, I'm really excited for this book. I am encouraging and praying for you while you write it because I know it's a a big undertaking. So it is. Now, okay, and I hope. Do you love to laugh? Because I, I do. love to laugh. Okay, I love to laugh. Yeah. So, uh, one just, and maybe y'all forgive me in advance because this is just one of my favorite bits ever. So, um, and I, I love the comedian Kev on stage. And if you don't know who mm-hmm. he is, he is so freaking funny. He's just he's hilarious. He's a clean comedian. He's a Christian. Um, and so he does a lot of things, kind of like. He'll do just general like marriage comedy and stuff like that, but he does some that kind of poke fun at the church and things like that. And yeah, I remember this bit specifically from a couple of years ago, and um, it was he was responding to a tweet that he saw, and Mm -hmm. the tweet said, 
What if instead of naming him Jesus, Mary named him Scott or Ted <laughs> or Laquan? And it was just like, it was like, think about how our worship songs would sound. Oh my gosh. And then he goes and he starts like singing like, nothing but the blood of Quantavius. And like, it just, <laughs> it's the best. It is the best thing. And it just what makes me laugh so hard is just you never <laughs> think about like or like it's so true if he like was Scott it would there's totally different in the name of Scott like yeah <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard it's like I love you Lord I'm really sorry but I also think that you think it's funny um, I know I guess yes <laughs> guys like think about like ted paid it all all to him i owe oh my gosh ted paid it all (laughs) ted paid it yeah (laughs) okay i'm sorry that's great yeah no but you're right (laughs) i'm sorry see all these years later it still makes me laugh so i will put in the show notes the link to the full video because you should have on stage seen this i need to see it just go to youtube and search kev on stage like jesus name and it will come up and it (laughs) i i've watched it probably a hundred times and it makes me laugh every single time because you just love it you never think of it um and also just the fact i mean yes you know jesus's name is jesus in english but then you also have yeshua you have yahweh and then all of the other incredibly powerful names of god um which are so much more powerful than Ted or Scott into other spots <laughs> or Jack. <laughs> anyway, uh, I really love that. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. So, but I think this kind of leads naturally to the next thing I wanted to ask you about. And that is the fact that, you know, you've been in ministry for 17 years, which is incredible. You grew up in the church. You said your dad started the church and, you know, and I, I realize that there are still today, there's a lot of people that fall in different areas as far as like what a woman's role in ministry is. And, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing that, um, and I I realize that there there are probably going to be people listening that have very strong feelings one way or the other. And and so I, I just ask in, in advance, like to just, just, just listen, just listen. And wherever you fall on this, um, you know, and one of the things that I, I, I saw recently was somebody said, wherever you fall, and wherever wherever we land on this issue, you know, scripturally, is I don't think, and this is where obviously, I mean, I have I have my opinion, but I don't think anybody any woman is going to get to heaven, and Jesus is going to get mad at a woman for talking about him too much, right? And I right. Just, like, <laughs> how dare you talk about me <laughs> a lot? You know how a bar- lot. yeah how. I just, so that is where I just, when we argue till we're blue in the face about this, I just, I just want to picture Jesus up there being like, guys, there's just a whole lot of other things that I'm a lot more concerned about than a woman over here talking about me too much. I just, anyway, so I would just love to hear from your perspective and your experience in ministry and what that was like. And also, I just love that your dad Mm -hmm. saw, I'm assuming he saw this gift in you and this call to ministry in you. Um, And so just kind of sharing your own personal uh, lived experience. Yeah, this is, this has been for sure, like a major part of the walk of my life. So when I, when I was 14, I really feel like God told me that I was going to be in ministry and that specifically that I was, I was called to preach and Mm. to share about him. And what was interesting was the very, one of the 
first people I told, you know, I was super excited. I was 14 and excited. It was a man that I respected. It wasn't my dad. It was someone else. And he looked at me and he said, but you're a woman. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, if you, if you feel called to ministry, maybe you should go into counseling and you don't know me well, Molly, but I would be a horrific counselor. I understand I mean, that you you're like that's not my journey. That's not my journey. <laughs> not my journey. And I I mean I meet with a lot of women at the church but really I even when I meet with them I'm like let's talk we'll like talk once and then I have a list of amazing licensed counselors that yeah. I want to send you to because I I know my lane and that's not it. And it so rattled me cuz I thought oh my goodness like you know uh, that's right like probably I'm I'm missing this and so for about, you know, I don't know, four years or so, I just totally put that on the back burner. Mm. And I really wrestled with it as a teenager of like, I really feel in my heart, like that this is something that I'm supposed to do. But, and it wasn't so much, I I grew up in um, a non-denominational church, but I still never saw, I never saw women Mm -hmm. preaching or uh, leading. We had a couple of amazing women that did children's ministry, but so I, I wrestled with that. And then I went to college and I went to a Christian university, but uh, not like a Bible school. So I was tempted to major in theology. And um, actually, my dad was like, I just want to make sure you have a skill set so you can actually get a job. So maybe you should do something else. So uh, I went with communications instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Naturally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it was, I look back and I don't even know what all I learned there. But um, and then I went into social work. So I did social work for a while. And yeah, I still, I just, I started just doing what I needed to do. Started um, leading women's Bible studies and doing things in my home, and um, and then eventually my dad he came to me and um, there was an opening at the church and he said, "Hey, why don't you apply for this?" and and I stepped in. So I started working at a church, but it was very much behind the scenes. And slowly but surely, I just God just kept opening doors. And it was as I started working at the church that I personally just really decided, you know what, I need to wrestle with Scripture for myself. And decide what I believe mm. the Bible says about a woman in ministry. And that was so crucial for me because I just realized I can't be swayed by any one person's quick comment, yeah. but you're a woman. Like if, if I was going to be swayed that easily, then I didn't need to be there. And so, you know, that was such a good place for me. And I would encourage women if you feel like, hey, I, I think maybe I'm supposed to do some things in ministry or preach. Like you need to do, you need to do the work yourself and wrestle with scripture for yeah. yourself yeah. so that you know where you stand on that. Yeah. And um, there was a season in my life where I really took it as I am going to convince everyone. I am just going to convince everyone that I deserve to be here. I have a right to be here. And I quickly learned that does not go well. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have also been in seasons of that just for other reasons. And yeah, yes. no, it does not go well at all. It does not go well. And you know, what I have found to be so beautiful is if when I finally just stepped into who I know God called me to be, and I use those gifts with grace and I walk through the doors that are open for me, God has an amazing way of changing people's minds. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. He has an amazing way of helping them to walk out that journey. I can't tell you how many, especially older men in our mm-hmm. church, have come to me and have said, I'm going to be honest, first time you got up there to preach, I thought, I don't know about this. <laughs> and he said, but I decided I would go study it a little more. And you know what? You're my favorite preacher now. Oh, and I love <laughs> that. And I love that because I just I just used the gifts God gave me mm-hmm. and... um 
and God did the rest, you know? Now I've had plenty of other people that have said, you know what? I I believe different and that's fine. Again, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to try to change your mind, mm-hmm. but I'm going to I'm just going to continue to walk out who I think God has called me to be and I'm going to open doors for a lot more women to mm-hmm. follow in my footsteps if I can because like you said, I just think, I mean, Man, I don't think Jesus is going to be upset that a lot of women were talking about him. And if you <laughs> yes, look at exactly. it, you know, right? Like also like more than 50% of the church is made up of women. So mm-hmm. if we're going to make all of them be quiet, man, you know, the percentages are not in our favor. Like let's, let's yeah. let women share. So that's, that's, that's been my journey. You know, as a woman in ministry, there's a few hurdles you have to walk through. People really care about what you wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and, um, that's all right. You just, you just learn to learn to deal with that. I'm going to take a break from my conversation with Paige to thank our other partner of the show. And that is mama suds. You know how much I love mama suds because they have been a partner of the show for a long time. The head mama, Michelle Smith, she's been on the show before, and I am such a huge fan of this incredible small mom owned business. I have personally used their cleaning products in my home for years, and I love that they are not only safe and non-toxic and smell amazing, but they are effective. Okay. We use everything from their Castile soap to their stain stick, which is the bomb. We use use their toilet bombs. We use their all-purpose cleaner. And in August, they're coming out with a new product, shower steamers. Oh my goodness. I'm just so excited about it. Head on over to mamasuds.com and use the code Molly for 15% off. That's mamasuds.com. Use the code Molly for 15% off. You're going to love every single thing that they have. Now back to my conversation with Paige Allen. I really... I'm grateful that you said the part where you were like, I'm going to take time to just really wrestle with scripture mm-hmm. myself. And uh, my friend Sharon, who I've already referenced like twice in the show, because she's, I mean, she's one of my best friends and she's a woman in ministry and she's, yeah. you know, um, but she's talked about how it's just like uh, so often people treat the Bible or treat scripture as though it is this uh, delicate flower that like can't be wrestled with. And when that is yes. like, not biblical at all. Like scripture is not mm-hmm. fragile. The Bible is not fragile. It is meant to be wrestled with. Hello, there's a whole yes. guy named Jacob that literally <laughs> means wrestles with God. Like the yes. God, hey, we just talked about names. You're right. God na- named him <laughs> because he wrestles with God. And, yes. you know, and uh, it, I mean, it's just, uh, it just is then- so powerful. Yeah. And in every area, I mean, not just in this area of women in ministry, but whenever you're, whenever you're having this, huh, you know, this struggle of what do I believe there, there are so many voices in our world right now trying to get us to believe different things. Go to scripture. Like it is, oh, God is not going to be mad at you that mm-hmm. you are asking him tough questions. Like, yeah. I love what I love that you said that, that the Bible is not fragile. No scripture is not fragile. Like it's it, not. it is held up for this many years, really long can, time. It can hold up to your scrutiny as well. Yeah. So, and, and too, I think it's okay to uh, just about a variety of issues, whatever it might be. I think it's okay to sometimes say, and I've said this to my husband before, I'm like, there are certain things that I'm just like, I don't know where I land on that. And I'm continuing to like read scripture and read, and I'm not, I'm blocking out 
man's interpretation and just Mm -hmm. trying to ask the Holy Spirit and trying to ask the Lord, like, hey, can you guide me in how I might, where I might land on this? And then there are some things where I just go, you know what? At the end of the day, like this particular small issue or big issue, whatever it is, like this particular Mm -hmm. issue doesn't define my salvation. (laughs) And so at the end of the day, I'm just going to be in a, in a question mark. I don't know where I land on it or I, you know, or whatever it is. And just to hold it loosely and to just say, you know, I'm, this is a in progress. Like we're in progress on this. Exactly. And it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to ask really hard questions of uh, of the Lord, of people you trust, godly people you trust, to sit with that particular thing in prayer and to go, hey, I don't know like how to handle this particular thing. I mean, I think one of the things that I uh, have always been really um, just kind of interested in, and not fascinated, that's not the right word, but is the section in Matthew where it talks about, is it Matthew? I think it's in Matthew. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. It's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament Mm -hmm. where it talks about how to handle um, when there's somebody in the church who you feel like is sinful or is doing something wrong or whatever. And it's like this whole idea of first you go to that person. You go to them one on one, then you uh, if they don't like listen to you at that point, then you go to one or two people uh, or two or three people. Then if they don't listen at that point, then you bring them before the church. And then if they still don't listen, like you kick them out. And it's just like this idea of like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) yeah, how am I supposed to handle this? And what issue is correct? And like, what should I bring Mm -hmm. before people? And like, what if I'm wrong? And it's just, it's a, it's a section that I'm just like, this is a really interesting section of how to deal with something. When is it gossip? When is it not gossip? Like, I don't know. I mean, think if you go to the person first, then it's not, I don't know. It's again, it's one of those, those topics, those issues. And I'm just like, I don't know how to handle this. Um, because I don't know if I'm right. I think I am, but maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not. And yeah. So all that to say is like, it's not fragile. God's not afraid of your questions. Like, right. I mean, look at Job. Job was just asking all of the questions. Um, it's so true. Yeah. David. It's okay. And yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there will always be mystery to our faith. Yes. Like there, there it is. We will never figure it all out. No, we will never arrive. As, no. And if you think you have, <laughs> then I'm, I'm worried for you, Wrong. you know? And so, and there's a beauty to that. There's a beauty in holding things loosely and, yeah. and having like, what a beautiful thing that the God we serve is alive. And we are constantly talking to him. So that, so that we can change our minds. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, God, like I, I thought this, but I'm reading this now and I'm discovering this. Like it, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned that one of the things that you really feel passionate about is then mm-hmm. also, you know, speaking into and like leading other women who might also have a call to ministry or just in using their gifts. Um, And I love, I mean, one of the things that you, you said yourself is how you, you know, you are just using the gifts that God gave you and in the way that you know how, and that is my whole purpose. Like that's the whole reason I use this. I created this podcast was this idea of, Okay, how can different people in whatever vocation they are in, mm-hmm. how can they use the gifts that they have been given 
whether they're an optometrist or whether they are a writer yeah. or a speaker, a musician or a comedian, whatever it is, how can they use the gifts that they have been given to impact others, to make a difference in the world and to leave their circle of influence better than the way that they found it? And so yeah. talk about this idea that you, you know, how you were talking about how very early on in ministry, you didn't really ever see an example mm -hmm. of a woman in ministry. How there, and that's, you know, thankfully, I feel like we are in a, a place uh, where we are seeing more women. Um, yes. But you're right. There are so many uh, women who, you know, are not uh, in that uh, or have not had that example. So, right. Yeah. How do you do this? How do you approach that? You know, first of all, I think I love, I love that this is your heart behind this podcast of people just, you know, using their gifts, you know, for God's glory. And, and I do the same thing. Like I, I'm someone who I kind of always say, I am willing to go first. So, mm. you know, if, if, because I think there's power in just seeing someone who looks like you yeah. do something. And so, you know, not too long ago, I had two girls come up to me after a Sunday morning I had preached and um, they were from a totally different church, a very conservative denomination. And they said, we actually were on staff and we snuck out because we just wanted to see a woman on a stage preaching. Like, wow. Do you think do you think that's possible? So I think one way is is we lit we we live fully unashamedly of with our gifts like you said whether that's as a comedian or whatever else because people are watching i think that's really powerful people are watching and then yeah yeah just talking to them and saying this is absolutely possible you know for you and um do you want to you want to meet up sometime over coffee you want to talk about it and i'm not going to tell them to go <laughs> yeah you know absolutely uh, you know, make a ruckus where they are, but let's talk about what doors are open to you. Like, mm -hmm. can you, can you walk through those, you know, and, and do some things like that. And then I love opening doors. I've, I've really been praying and asking God, God, where, what are other doors I can open? So for example, I, I lead a women's ministry. And so, um, as much as I love to bring big name speakers in, it's really powerful just to let our own women speak mm. and share because they have something to say. And, and then I, I started just a kind of a local podcast here. And I just have women from our church come on and tell their stories. And that. because I just started thinking, you know what, I only have so much opportunity on stages, but their stories are powerful and what has God taught them. And so I can't tell you how much people have come to me and just said, I, I am loving hearing stories of women that I have literally sat next to for six years. And I had no idea mm. that, you know, whether it's stories of infertility or walking through grief or, um, you know, starting a business, you know, there are people all around us. And so just trying to use whatever platform I have to create other platforms for those around me. Mm. And, um, I'm just about to, uh, in, in July, I've written a couple of Bible studies and we always do those in the summer. And I thought, you know what? I don't need to write another Bible study. I'm working on this other book. Yeah. So I, I invited three women in our church that I know are interested in writing. And so they have co-written a Bible study uh. that we're going to do. And so, um, yeah, I, I love learning from the experts, but I also love learning from the people right next to us. Mm. And, um, I think there's something really powerful about it because then you realize, oh, wait, like I don't have to 
uh, whatever our culture tells us is that you've arrived. I don't have to be at that place to have something to offer because if my friend just wrote a Bible study, then I can do this thing that's in my heart to start this homeschool group or whatever it is that is in their heart. So that's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to really foster a community of like, Hey, we all have something to share. Like, yeah, go for it. Oh my goodness. I just, I'm so encouraged by that. I love your approach of, you know, getting the stories and the, the, the things that are right there within your own community. And my, we are in the middle of like, we are planting a church. Um, My Mm -hmm. husband and I are not the pastors. We're just kind of in the, you know, the, yeah, we're heavy volunteers. Like we're, yes. we're never not there if that makes <laughs> sense. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. We're yes. just, you know, we're just kind of workhorses yeah. on the ground, which we love. Um, but I, you know, me and a couple of the other women, um, women from our church are, are, you know, have started a women's ministry and, mm-hmm. um, and that's, we're in the very early stages as we just planted our church in the beginning mm-hmm. of November. And so, um, you know, but that's been one of our things is thinking about, okay, how can we, you know, share each other's stories and how can we, you know, even do just different things. Like one of the things we did was we sat down, we asked all the women on our church, like, what are some things like what would serve you well? And one of the overwhelming requests from people is like, could we just do panel discussions on different topics like being a single mom or grief or infertility and miscarriage or um, divorce or whatever it is like, because women want to connect with the other women in our church and hear their stories and and mm-hmm. what has worked for them and all of those things and you know we don't necessarily need to bring in like some big you know, big right. name or big speaker. Um, I mean, I think that those things, I mean, we're all going to like a big Priscilla Schreier mm-hmm. conference in August, which we're all really excited about. And that'll be great. But then also doing things like right here at home as, um, you know, actually around Mother's Day, we did a just a prayer meeting with women in the mm-hmm. church who just, you know, maybe Mother's Day is a hard day. Maybe you've lost yeah. a mother. Maybe you, you long to be a mother. Um, maybe you have an estranged relationship with your mother, whatever those tensions are. And so we just came together for an hour and we just prayed for each other over that specific topic. And it was so powerful um, yeah. hearing from and connecting with other women that are right here, right next yeah. to you. It's so true. You know, I think sometimes it, we almost feel like we know um, people that we follow on Instagram better than we do people yeah. who are sitting right next to you yeah. because they're sharing their stories with us. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's ne- whenever you get to know someone's story and their life, you feel connected to them. Yeah. Um, and some people are not going to feel safe to do that. On so, so make spaces where people can share their stories yeah. and connection will naturally happen. Yeah. It's beautiful. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It absolutely will. Absolutely <laughs> mm-hmm. will. Okay. Well, I, I just am such a huge fan of you already. I just think, I just think you're just wonderful. And I am so grateful for how you are living out, uh, my own life verse, uh, first Peter four ten, which is, you know, Mm. each of you has received a gift and you are to use it as a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. And you are using your gift and you are being a faithful steward of it. Um, Mm, and you are serving others with it, um, and showing, uh, the grace of God to others. And so I'm just, super grateful for you. And you. Um, I could talk to you for like five more hours. And so um, if I'm ever in the panhandle of Texas, I'm going to hit you up. And Please do. And if you're ever in North Carolina, you have to hit me up. So I will for sure. It's a deal. It's a deal. Okay. But before we go, uh, now is the portion of the show where we just ask some fun get to know you questions. Okay. So okay. Paige, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'm okay. Ready. Question number one, if you had to eat the same meal every night for dinner for the rest of your life, Oh, 
Oh goodness. Okay. Probably Mexican food of some sort. Um, my gosh, uh, we are kindred sisters. Are we? Okay. Well, (laughs) then you really need to come meet to the panhandle because we have great Mexican food. Okay. So my friends, here I am talking about my friend Sharon again, which by the way, after this, I feel like I just need to introduce y'all because y'all just have a lot in common. You really enjoy each other (laughs) and you're now my friend. Sharon is my friend. And so we're we're going to introduce later. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so my friend Sharon and I, uh, at the beginning of June, we traveled to Houston, uh, (gasps) Texas. And uh, we, when we were there, I'd never been to Houston. She'd never been to Houston. And so we'd both asked around. We were like, where do we need to eat? We want some good Tex-Mex. And when I say that we had arguably a life-changing meal, like if I wasn't (sighs) already saved, it would have done me in. And so we went, um, so the first one, we had two meals. The first was we went to Lupe Tortilla in Houston. Mm. Yes. And I never have eaten yes. a meal like that in my entire life. Right now, at this very moment, I'm like, would it be worth it to spend a thousand dollars on a plane ticket right now to fly to Houston? I can see it in your eyes. I can just, see I, like the remembrance. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I would go just for that meal and then just mm-hmm. come right back. I mean, I think right. I would I, I think I'd do it. Um, yeah. and then the next day we had lunch from Papacitos. Papacitos. Yes. yes, very familiar with Papacitos. Papacitos mm-hmm. chicken fajitas. Yes. The garlic butter. I can't. Yes. I can't. What? Yeah. Why have I yeah. been? Okay. We have fine Mexican food in North Carolina. We mm-hmm. do not have anything close to Lupe yeah. or Papacitos. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, I think I'm going to move to Texas just for the food. We- yeah, we we have we have amazing we have amazing food. What what's the place in Lubbock? Like where Ooh. if I'm in Lubbock, where am I going? Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, like like I can take you to some places where it's like authentic. Yeah, you know, like um, we can go to Jalisco's or okay. Montelongos or I don't know yeah. these places, but just yes. just you we saying the names, there. my taste buds, <laughs> my taste buds are just just I know. They're alive. <laughs> we we we've got some good Mexican food. Good Mexican food. Okay, yeah, so that's what I would choose. That's All what right, I, choose. I like it. Mm-hmm. You, I'm mm-hmm. on board. I also okay. that would be my answer as well. So okay, okay. Pregunta numero dos. Okay, um, sí. what is something that I would never guess about you? Oh my goodness, this is a hard question. I actually don't know. Um, what would you never guess about me? Like something you're into? A, yeah, like a skill you have. <laughs> okay. I I cross stitch. Really, feels so nerdy. No, to it's me. not nerdy, and but I, love I it. really love it. It's a very, it is very relaxing for me. Like I put on a movie, and like whenever I just need to zone out, there's something about. I think it's just the repetitive pattern of, with my hands. Yes, I like it. Yeah, I would yeah, never guess that random. about you. My friends here, whenever they find out, they're like, "Really." <laughs> Because I'm a go-getter. I'm like a, I'm a type A, let's go. So, yeah. so cross-stitching is always, yeah, it does, it, it, it messes with them. <laughs> I love that answer <laughs> so much. It's fantastic. Okay. What was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? Oh, I mean, I really loved Full House. <laughs> so I, I am exactly oh, yeah. like DJ Tanner's age and I'm the oldest of three girls. Oh, So I 
think like it just resonated with me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I wasn't raised by like three men, but the whole sibling dynamic. Yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. And I loved, I loved DJ Tanner's style. Like yeah. When she did big bangs, oh, I yeah. was, I was right there with her. Right yeah. there with her. And I also, honestly, I'm a fan of Candace Cameron Bure now. Sure, I mean, she's just sure. great. Yeah. Who she's doesn't great. love her? She's exactly. just, she's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And then my last question, this is the question I ask all of my guests and okay. that is Paige, what does it mean to you to run a business or a ministry with purpose? What a great question. I think to me, it, it is first of all, to define what that purpose is. What is your purpose in what God has called you to do? And then to always put that at the front. For me, my purpose is to point people to Jesus mm. and for them to fall a little more in love with him. And so whether I am planning an event or having a one-on-one conversation, I try to have that at the back of my mind at all Mm. times and be intentional about that. Mm. I just adore you. Thank you so much for being here, Paige. This was so good. So, 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 so good. And uh, for the listeners, I will make sure to have all of Paige's info where you can follow her on Instagram and all of the places in the show notes and uh, be on the lookout for her book in the in late 2023. And uh, I'm just I'm over here in North Carolina cheering you on. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Molly. Did I not tell you that Paige is amazing? My goodness, she is just an incredible human being. And I really can't wait till we get to meet in person someday. Be sure to tune in next week for an episode that you are not going to want to miss. My guest is Marcy Gregg, and she is the author of a new book called Blank Canvas. Back in 1990, Marcy was in a coma after having her third child, and she woke up not remembering the previous 13 years of her life. She thought she was 17 when she was actually 30. She didn't recognize her husband, and they didn't know what happened. And so her story of rebuilding her life and how over the last you know 30 plus years, she has used her story to impact so many people. Oh my goodness, my jaw was just wide open half this conversation. It was incredible. So be sure to tune in next week. You are not going to want to miss the conversation with Marcy Gregg. But as always, I would love to know what you loved about this episode. You can let me know on social media. I am at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Use the show hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. And if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to click follow or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, you know, wherever you listen and click that subscribe or follow button because that helps to make sure you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you take a moment and just leave a review of the show? Leaving a review really does help the show to grow. It helps people to to know exactly what they're looking for and, and what the show is all about. So if you're one of my first time listeners or if you're a regular listener, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing this show. And as always, go do something good with purpose on purpose.